Welcome to um, the very first podcast or the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters, and the fabulous Regina Lally. So we thought we'd do a bit of an intro of each other, a bit about the company, and we'll look to chew a bit of the fat on all things data protection. So yeah, Regina. Morning. Uh, I've got my cup of coffee ready to go. So yeah, essentially, um, Kelly and I have spent years together driving around in the car around the southeast of England, and we figured so many times we've chewed the fat over life and how we can put the world to rights and we thought actually we'd like to be able to do that to a wider audience but we'd focus it down to um, talking about data and data protection so we can hopefully make it a bit more fun and a bit more accessible for, for people. We know it's not typically seen as something that's exciting but um, Kelly definitely gets excited by data. You do you do as well. I do. You I do, do get excited. I do. When you, you get to see information and understand what's behind it, then I think it's can be really insightful. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's trying to translate that to people so that they've got that really good understanding of what actually they're looking at rather than just taking it at face value. So be able to use it and question it, which is, is super exciting. You've, you've dragged me down that path and I wasn't kicking and screaming too much, I will be honest. <laughs> So why don't you, uh, for all of our fabulous listeners, tell us uh, a little bit about you, uh, Regina, and maybe a fun fact that is not on your LinkedIn profile, it's not on our website, uh, that you would like to share um, with the folk listeners. Excellent. So I'm uh, the people person at Databasics, and um, I sort of focus very much on trying to help engage people in different data projects and understanding data protection and um, things like that. Fun fact, oh, I've run four marathons. My first one was at New York in 2005. I've done London twice, and it would have been the London Marathon this this Sunday, where I've also marshaled with my running club, Whitney Roadrunners. And um, the last one I did was Snowden Marathon, so I thought it was a great idea to run 26.2 miles around a mountain. So, But I did actually really enjoy it. How about yourself, Kelly? Uh, so I may be a little bit passionate about all things data uh, and data protection. Uh, Regina will cut me off at the end of this podcast so that I don't talk too much. Um, I've been passionate about data since, well, probably since the early 2000s, really. And I pulled Regina up the path, not dragged her down the path, <laughs> in 2004 when I first met Regina, which is 16 years ago. Uh, so yeah, I'm the, the data rock star in the uh, in the company. I like to talk a lot about this subject. Um, and one uh, fun fact, when I'm not talking um, about data protection, I do get um, super excited by watching uh, football and I'm missing that at the moment. Part of the Fantasy Football uh, League, of which Regina is also a member. And I love the stats behind that. I love seeing the data uh, and what it's telling me about my fellow members. And the yeah, common fact that we have too together. much affiliation to Tottenham players and they don't do me any good at all <laughs> in fantasy football. <laughs> we also choose, uh, well, Regina is the Spurs fan. I follow in the Regina footstep of that. We're so, after the of an introduction um, into both of us, what I wanted to talk about um, today was 
how data is being used uh, in the current pandemic um, and some articles or an article that we've seen uh, in the in the press that we just wanted to discuss and share our views on. So I think it was uh, Regina, you said that was it at the at the weekend that a friend of your uh, dad's had seen an article about uh, supermarkets getting access to um, health data and how is this allowed under the regulation and surely this uh, must be some kind of breach uh, and not allowed um, and I think there was lots of misinformation out there what you know tell us a bit more about that really and uh, why we're talking about that today yeah so um it was just i think a question that popped through on to me and my dad's friend was kind of like oh yeah you know i've seen that the government is sharing data about vulnerable adults with um supermarkets i think they particularly mentioned sainsbury's and you know how is this allowed under gdpr and it you know it's quite an interesting question it sort of made me stop and think and um i think when when you look at it and you kind of think okay what they've they've done is they've shared the the details of vulnerable adults and then what the supermarkets have done is to cross check between those who are already their customers so whether they potentially say for sainsbury's example they might have a nectar card and what they've done then is to get in touch with them to try and help give them the opportunity where it's really tricky to get access to online deliveries for for key deliveries like obviously food, uh, medication and things like that that they need and obviously weren't able to now go out of the house or were struggling to actually access the delivery slots because it was now so popular with um, the lockdown that they weren't actually able to get anything for weeks. So I thought it through and kind of went back to, to my dad's friend and was, sort of said, you know, well, actually, if you think about it, what the government have had to do is to really think through why they're sharing this data with with commercial entities you know what's the purpose that they're doing it for and, and it'll be a very clear purpose of of really that looking at helping people access key essentials that they need in, in daily life the fact that they are restricted in going out and they will have been clear with the supermarkets about the purpose of sharing that data they have to be and it will be limited to that that particular use it's not the government should have been and i imagine they were and the supermarkets will have to understand that there's no way that they can now go well hey we've got a huge list of people that we can market to and send lots of email marketing and and postal marketing to because that's not what that was for the purpose will have been specifically within these difficult times the challenge of actually getting to a supermarket to actually buy essentials that they need this will help facilitate that for those people who for whatever reason can't go out we're having difficulties actually accessing that, that um, those those services. So the supermarkets will only be able to use it for that purpose. And then once everything goes back to normal, they'll really have to make sure that they they delete that to that they're not holding on to it. So that at some point down the line, somebody looks and go, oh, look at all this data that we've got. We can use it for X, Y, and Z. It's it, there's going to be very specific tight guidelines around it, and it will absolutely comply with GDPR where all this has been done, where it's been considered. And assuming that both parties, so the government have thought that through and that the supermarkets then use the data in line with what they've been told, GDPR absolutely allows that to happen and there's no prevention of data sharing because of data protection. So it was a really interesting question and, you know, my dad's friend was very, you know, kind of, oh yeah, that makes absolute sense. I see that. I see that it's not something that is a problem. She was just sort of curious and um, I think data protection is often seen as something that stops us from doing good things with data or sharing data or um, actually using it in a way that can be positive because people sort of hide behind that data protection excuse almost which I think that leads a little bit sort of quite nicely really into the um, into the other thing that we, we've sort of spotted in the news which is the 
that sort of development and innovation that's coming at the moment from the likes of Apple and Google and other app developers sort of within the NHS digital teams and commercial team um, across different companies around trying to support um, the development of contact tracing through the use of our smartphones and how that can be done similarly in a way that that is is mindful and respectful of GDPR and all our rights so be good like maybe just have a little think about that yeah and I think um for me I think the the information commissioner Elizabeth uh, Denham has um, issued a statement this week in terms of her uh, stance on the uh, contact tracing tool that uh, Apple and Google are producing and I think her, um, so, and I quite like the fact that what she was saying is that GDPR is a framework that, um, and the UK Data Protection Act um, are frameworks that can support innovation uh, in this country, uh, globally, uh, in this time of uh, pandemic. What we have to be very mindful of when we are um, developing these types of tools is that we think about privacy. And obviously the regulation very much sets down the uh, privacy by design and by default, where if you think about that first privacy element first, you understand the implications of the regulation in terms of what are you collecting? So data minimization, you need to collect what you should, um, how long are you gonna hold that information for? Like you said, you know, who are you gonna share it with? That actually, if you've considered all of that and then you've understood the risks and you put in the appropriate contingencies, and then you are transparent about that, there's nothing that will prevent the, uh, you as an organisation or two entities collaborating um, for the greater good. Um, but it is that privacy first. And I think we've had the conversation that companies that want to do this shouldn't see uh, the regulation as preventative. In actual fact, yeah. it's, a, um, it's a framework for both for business resilience, but also for business growth. Yeah. But you have to be you have to think that privacy element. And if you do and you get challenged, you can talk about your rationale as to this is why we think it's going to be useful. This is the data protection risks. This is what we've put in place uh, to prevent that. And you can see that the commissioner will come out in support. And where that's not done, there may be a very different response. I quite like the fact that she um, got the ability to issue an opinion either at the request of the government or if she just fancies it. That's quite cool to go you know what i want to say something about data protection and the world's going to listen <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know it's set down in the act um for that which i think is good and i think it's right that um at the commissioner does make a stance on this and everyone will have their own view of that and i'm sure privacy experts and uh, and legal teams will have different opinions but i think the fact that she's come out with a stance allows all of us that are in the field understanding um, her position uh, on this. It's not uh, thinking, oh, what does the ICO think in this instance? Actually, it's very clear and, you know, very quickly produced because I think, you know, since the pandemic, you know, digital transformation, certainly in the health sector, has moved nominally fast and it typically mm. doesn't. You know, ex-NHS members of staff, we know how long yeah. it takes to get uh, a data standard through uh, the necessary government checks. We know how long it takes to get systems into to hospitals and, and stuff. So to see it move this quickly is actually quite phenomenal and exciting. Yeah. But I think it's that uh, side of, well, let's just make sure we're not going too far and that we, we're not overstepping the bounds, what we are per permitted to do and what is ethical to do. 
Yeah. So it's exciting times in world data protection. Yeah, for sure. I think Um, it's making people a little bit more aware of the volume of data that is collected about them. But I think maybe that might be something that we need to carry on and chat about next time. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it will be, um, it's that kind of let's discuss it. And I think what will be useful is for anyone that's listening to us right now is are there topics that they've seen on the social media channels or, or they've just overheard that they would like us to have our two pennies worth. It won't be a, an opinion. <laughs> it will be um, <laughs> not official. <laughs> it will be the uh, data rock stars view on a, on a particular story. So do, do share uh, that and certainly what we're hoping is that we can share out what our views are because we get we do read quite a lot uh, on this and we do get asked a lot of questions by customers and people in our network and we just want to share uh, that knowledge uh, with the wider the community so i think whilst we're winding this down uh, because our time is almost up i mean crikey that went quick um it did. what would you like to to kind of stay with you know in terms of summing this up so that we can encourage the lovely folk to come listen to us again i think it's been good good to have a chat over a cuppa i think we've um covered some interesting points particularly around like retention and transparency i think both of those on both of those topics are really key um and i think be really exciting to see what we can chat about next time over our Monday cup. What would be your uh, one takeaway that you'd want people to go away with? I think it's really around if you can think about data protection and privacy at the start, it puts you in a much better place than if you bolt it on at the end. You literally took the wind out of my sails. Yeah, I don't have to do that very often. <laughs> think, uh, think privacy uh, first uh, and it puts you in a good position. So, um, Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening in on our podcast. Yeah, have a good day. Keep safe and sane. And uh, you'll speak to us uh, very soon.